0: This is Your Ultimate Life Podcast with Kellen Flukiger.
1: Welcome today to episode 660 of Your Ultimate Life, and I am really going to dedicate this to your ultimate life. You, listening, whoever you are, wherever you are, ultimate life, a life of purpose, prosperity, and joy. And we'll talk about each of those individually and what you can do today. To make a difference. And I'm going to use some examples of people that I know that are doing different things. And you don't need to do any of those, but you need to find yours. Now, I used as the background. I hope you're watching this video. The a little candle. This is a nice, it's actually a big candle, big square candle or medium-sized square candle sitting in the palm of a hand with a little light. And often we get the idea that, well, I can't do much because, you know, ah, I'm just one little person. I can't fix the world. I can't solve the war in Ukraine. I can't make, you know, Vladimir Putin quit, you know, bring his armies home, quit killing people. I can't do that. I can't solve racial injustice in the U.S. I can't remove decades of prejudice. I can't liberate... Women in Afghanistan who can't go to school, and I can't fix all that, so what difference does it make? And besides that, i got to fix myself and take care of my own problems, and i got enough problems, and I'm not even sure if I can pay my bills this month, and so I can't really do anything. Like, I've heard that speech, some piece of it or some version of it, 100,000 times in my life. Sometimes from me, and many times from others that I talk to about their lives. And as I mentioned, being a guest on many podcast hosts, uh, podcast episodes, and having many guests on mine, and, you know, being in the public a lot, speaking at many conferences, I get a chance to talk to hundreds, thousands of people. And so I want to address specifically and directly what you can do. And so the title of this episode, 660, is, well, what can you do? 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 You could hear each word in that sentence as a powerful thing. What can you do? Well, I don't know what you can do because I don't know your circumstance. I don't know if you're bedridden or if you're healthy and up and about. I don't know if you're young or old. I don't know if you're starving or well-fed. I don't know if you're healthy or ill. I don't know. But here's what I do know. If the first question you ask yourself is, who can I serve, regardless of your circumstance? So I'll give you some examples, because that's all I have is examples. When I asked six months, five and a half months after I died, in June of 2018, I, and I'd and been out of the hospital. I was in a coma for two or three weeks, as you know. And If you don't know that story, you really ought to read it. Meeting God at the door. Conversations, choices, and commitments of a near-death experience. My heart stopped. I died. I had three conversations with God at the door between life and eternity. I made some choices, one of which was to come back. And I was more committed than ever about my purpose. So I know what I can do. But I don't know what you can do. Five months later, I found myself back in the hospital with another life-threatening illness. The infectious bacteria I had migrated and was in my spinal column and created a big abscess several inches long right at the top between C4 or C2 and T1 or something. You know, way at the top, right up where it can kill you. And it had begun putting pressure on my spinal column and I was paralyzed. From the waist down one morning, I woke up and fell out of bed because my legs wouldn't work and et cetera, et cetera. So I went to the hospital, they did emergency surgery, and then I was in a neck brace and, you know, trying to figure out if I could heal and they had to get the lethal bacteria out. So I was on a, you know, IV and all the stuff that goes with that. But my point isn't any of that. My point is in that time where I was fighting for my own life, I was determined to be of service, So I did lives from the hospital bed, not talking about my illness, not lamenting about my sadness, not worrying about anything, but encouraging people, no matter where they were and what was going on, to love their life, love themselves, and to move forward. So that was a tiny example of something I could do. Another thing, now move fast forward to today. We've got this situation in Ukraine. So my wife is looking into some refugee situations. And Canada has invited an unlimited number of people to come. And of course, that's all slow because of visas and checking and this and that and the other. But there's some have already landed and they're here. And so we're looking at, you know, how can we house a refugee for some period of time? So that's what you can do. It depends on your circumstance, but more important than your circumstance, it depends on what are you willing to do? How much are you willing to go out of your way to start a podcast, to love people, to be of service? That's part of that crucible of action to find your purpose. So I can't tell you what to do, but I can tell you to take action. I can tell you to let love lead you. I can tell you to dig in your heart and see what would make you feel good about being in service, and so we are so poisoned with the idea that in order to feel good, I have to have what I want, then I feel good. It's wrong. Having what you want doesn't make us happy. Now, you can argue with me all you want. It's fun, it's joyful, money buys access and toys, but it doesn't create happiness. Now, there's a saying that I heard once, it goes like this, you can never get enough of what you don't need. Because what you don't need doesn't satisfy you. I've lived that life more and more and more. It doesn't matter. Things, vacations, houses, cars. You don't need all that. So, of course, it's not satisfying. What we need is connection. We need love. We need community. We need compassion. We need service. We need help. That's what we need. That's where your ultimate life lives. So even if you're struggling to find your next meal and your next rent check and pay the electric bill and do the things that some of us struggle to do, do it with love. Do it with joy. Do it in the context of how, who can I help while I do this? And if you go deep in your heart right this minute, you know there's an answer to that. So I have no idea what I can do. I don't even believe that for a millionth of a second. Okay, there are people in your community, in your church, in your neighborhood, in your family that need your hello, that need your love, that need your service, that need a minute or an hour or a couple of hours of your time to help with this or with that. Or that need a shoulder to cry on or an empathy or a phone call to let them know they're not alone or whatever it is. Take the action. That's what you can do. All right, so... Another way to think about this is energetically. Now, in the physics world, when we dig down small enough, shockingly, we all learn that there's no such thing as matter, like a, a rock or a thing. Everything is energy. And we have, you know, this beard that I'm scratching or a forehead that I'm wondering if is empty sometimes or whatever, we have those things because the energy bundles itself up in bundly ways. And, you know, boson particles and quarks and all the rest are, are fancy ways of explaining some stuff that we have a kind of an idea about. We change it often. We have a kind of good idea called the standard model of particle physics, but it all amounts to the interaction of waves. So if it's energy, if energy can coagulate into microphones like the one I'm using and this beautiful candle and the picture behind me and everything else, then that means energy is real. It has power and it is the only sum and substance of our existence. Now, why am I waxing poetic and silly about energy? Well, let me tell you what. We used to think or I used to think, I won't say we, because I don't want to include you. We used to think, or I used to think that, you know, the idea of thinking or loving thoughts or meditating on medi- loving kindness or praying or any of the, med- you know, all that stuff, meditation, didn't really matter. It was sort of a woo-woo bunch of crap to pretend, and that the only real thing that mattered is if I went and moved boxes to help somebody move. Then I'm helping him. Well physical assistance is powerful, it is necessary and good, and I've helped plenty of people move. One of the things our church does in every congregation is when people move in or out, organize a team of people to go do the move, help move in, welcome them, and all that sort of stuff. So I've done that hundreds of times. Love it. That is a physical thing that people need you can do to help. What I've learned as I dig more and more into this woo-woo-wee energy stuff is that thoughts— Intentions and energy are one, real, two, powerful, and three, they matter. I can't tell you the number of times, and it's a big number, when I will send a text to someone or call them and they will say, Wow, I was just thinking about you, or I was just wanting to talk, or You know, a bunch of things that meant there was an ethereal connection through the ethos weirdo sphere, through that energetic thing. And I'm using those funny words because I don't really know how it works. What I do know is that it works. And so above all things, your humble and powerful thoughts, meditations, and prayer about the struggles in the world matter. Now, I don't know how to quantify it and say so many less bullets were fired in a war or so many less people were injured. But I do know from my own experience that it matters, that people's hearts are lighter and things are felt. There are changes that happen when we access our energetic resources. Now I don't know how you do that. I use prayer and meditation. You may do whatever you do, but I I, I want to assure you that even from a science perspective, it matters. You know, they did a test. I read about this in a in a very credible book on one of the astronaut with one of the astronauts blasting off and you know moon one of the moon shots. At a certain time every day, that person sat one of the astronauts sat and concentrated on a series of numbers and cards and things like that. And they demonstrated that even in a ship on the moon to lab on Earth. There was effects akin to remote viewing or telepathy or something that was not couldn't possibly be explained by chance. So we dabble around that, but it's true and it's real. So if you want to live an ultimate life of purpose, prosperity, and joy, where every single day you get up easily, joyfully connected to a purpose, have fun, smile, laugh, get to help and love all day, even when things are hard, then I'm going to issue you an invitation. Listen to the episodes before about how to create personal purpose. I call it a PTAC, personal truth and commitment, or create your own method but don't neglect it. Getting up and just plowing into the day, whatever's there, and being reactive is our weakest posture as humans. You're a divine being. You're created by God. So was I. You're not weak. You have a divine posture. You have infinite power. You have access to things in the universe that like, we don't even know. One of the things that happened during that time when I died is I had an experience that <clears throat> I later tried to describe, and the only words I could come up with was to reference a movie where uh, aliens gave instructions to the Earth, and they built a machine, and there was some contact between the aliens and the single occupant of the vehicles. The movie was called Contact, and it had James Woods, Jodie Foster, and some other actors in it. It was made in 1997, and I rewatched it the other night, and I did that because I've used that description a lot of times to to describe the best I could about how part of this experience felt. And I wanted to rewatch the movie to see if I was accurate. And it was. I wept during that scene because it was so reminiscent of how it felt to be in the presence of the divine, how it felt to be communicating with the infinite, the largest sense of everything. And it made me know two things. And I share this with you as a sacred thing. It made me know how small... We are compared to the infiniteness of the cosmos and creation, but it also, in a way that's difficult to explain, made me know how important we are, how valuable each one of us is. So you're a divine child of, the, of God. You're given gifts and talents. You have a purpose and mission for your life that you not only agreed to, but you were excited about. And all the help that you need or that I need is available. And I always say from both sides of that door, because the conversation I had took place across a a doorway, an open door. And so what can you do? Well, first take action. Determine you're going to create value. And you're going to seek purpose, prosperity, and joy, not by satisfying self-centered desires, but by serving others with your gifts. In the sincerest depth of my heart, that is the way... That I have discovered that is fastest, best, most reliable, and most powerful to create and live into the purpose, prosperity, and joy that is your birthright. That's how I've discovered and how I share with you to create your ultimate life. Thank
0: you for listening to today's episode